Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. If you're an ambitious woman who wants to dominate your career, then you are in the right place. This podcast is co-hosted by Nikki Barua, digital innovator, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker. And Monica Marquez, ex-Googler, diversity expert, and senior corporate leader. From inspiring stories to cutting-edge strategies, you'll learn how to develop the skill set, mindset, and tool set to get future-ready fast and accelerate your success. Hi, I'm Nikki Barua, your host for today's episode. When was the last time you asked yourself, what do I really want? Perhaps you've been so busy taking care of responsibilities and serving others that you haven't really stopped in to check in with yourself. But when you do pause and ask that question without fear or judgment, your answer will guide you towards your true North Star. And when you discover that, you learn how to lead with purpose and passion, and that's how you have the power to change the world. In this episode, serial entrepreneur and investor Sarah Desek shares how asking this question shaped her journey and helped her leverage the power of business to impact our world for good. Sarah is the co-founder of Under Canvas, America's leading adventure hospitality company offering luxurious glamping accommodations. In 2017, under Sarah's leadership, Under Canvas received a spot on the coveted Inc. 5000 list, and Sarah was named as an EY Entrepreneurial Winning Woman by Ernst & Young. In 2018, Sarah sold Under Canvas for over $100 million. And then she went on to pursue an even bigger mission, launching Enigma Ventures, a venture capital fund focused on investing in women-led businesses in Southern Africa. Sarah is passionate about empowering women to reach their full potential and enabling them to grow scalable and sustainable businesses that have the power to transform communities, cities, and nations. Visit imbeyondbearers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Welcome. It's so great to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, let's dive right in because I'm so excited for our audience to get to know you. So tell us your story and your words. I am an entrepreneur. Um, I founded my um, second company about just over 10 years ago. Uh, My first company was a failure um, and uh, we were uh, hit by the great financial crisis of, of 2007 and 2008. Yeah. Like many entrepreneurs, those of us who, who've got knocked down like to get back up again and start all over again. And that's what happened to me in 2009 when I launched uh, a company in the US with my husband uh, called Under Canvas. Um, and we ultimately built the US's largest glamping company in the US. We brought the safari experience of Africa to the US and created large-scale glamping resorts. Um, We sold that business successfully at the very end of 2018, and I am now the managing partner of Enigma Ventures, which is a venture capital fund uh, focused on investing in women in Southern Africa. Wow, that is uh, quite a journey and uh, really speaks to, uh, you know, a deep sense of passion and perseverance as well through all of the ups and downs. Um, So tell us a little bit about 
um, recovering from failure. You described your first business <laughs> that failed. Um, I'd love to hear sort of now looking back, what do you think um, caused that failure? And, and then the second part, how did you pick yourself back up? Because that's a really personal thing to go through as someone who's, you know, been through business experiences that haven't worked out. It's pretty painful. <laughs> Um, so tell us what it was like. Very painful, yeah. It's and and for those who are struggling in this in this moment, we're we're in one of those times in history again, where life is throwing us a lot of lemons, mm-hmm. and sometimes uh, it's possible to make lemonade out of lemons, and other times it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in both those scenarios, there is an opportunity to fast forward into the future because those moments are catalysts for really defining um, what we're doing and why we're doing it. Mm. And when we really examine what I, what, what I'm, what am I really going after? What is it? What is real success for me? Um, then it starts to define how we lever the opportunity. And, and I like to think of crises as moments of opportunity because mm. they are absolutely transformative in terms of the direction our lives go, what happens next in our story, because we're all writing our story every single day. And great stories are written with great drama in them. Any movie that we all watch um, has huge drama, huge moments of tension. Usually the heroine or the hero fails drastically, or they have some cataclysmic event, or a meteor is about to get them from the sky. And, you know, it's those moments of tension um, that, that, that our stories are built on. And crises like COVID-19 and the great financial crash of, of 2007-8 are those linchpin moments in our lives where we can turn crisis into opportunity, either into a new beginning or a pivot or new innovation or a new dream or setting us on a new journey and, and creating moments um, that we'll tell stories about for generations where we, where we overcame, we didn't, we didn't get defeated. And, mm-hmm. and for me, I think that's the real essence of entrepreneurship um, and growing as human beings. It's the ability to tackle very challenging circumstances and, and lever them for our own good, to move us forward, to propel us into what's next, um, whether we have to leave something behind and start something new or whether we have to um, turn something that's going bad and, and, and pull it along and, mm. and bring it out of the ashes. Um, it's... They're moments of resilience and they're moments where we require huge amounts of grit and my absolute hats off to every entrepreneur at this very moment in time who's, who's doing that, trying to keep their, their business alive mm-hmm. and trying to figure out a path to, to move forward in the new world that we're all now living in. Absolutely. I think it's, um, as you said, there's opportunity in every crisis and that opportunity may not be a business opportunity or a financial opportunity. Maybe it's simply a growth opportunity. Maybe it's an opportunity for self-discovery and recognize what you're really made of or discover a passion or a deeper sense of purpose that alluded to you before. Um, what was that um, for you looking back um, through, you know, the first crisis you experienced? 
Well, maybe not in the first crisis I experienced, but through the, through the challenges of growing and scaling a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a female founder, I had many challenges raising capital to grow my business. And so I had a, a business that was, was growing, was viable, um, and we needed extra capital to scale. Um, and, and as many female founders know, um, acquiring capital can be exceptionally challenging it can you know the amount of venture capital being spent on women is just a teeny tiny percent one percent two percent yeah one percent i mean it's it's literally crazy and and 0.2 percent if you're a woman of color Mm -hmm. so it's it's an enormous enormous battle and it was a very real battle that that we faced with how to finance our business how to to help it fulfill its own potential um, and grow. And it was out of that crisis and that struggle to finance our own business and to acquire an investor or investors became a passion of my own um, to fund and inspire and mentor and support um, other female entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And uh, my own struggle um, has let, and the difficulty of acquiring capital um, became my own has become my own mission to raise capital for other women to grow and scale mm-hmm. their businesses. And, and that's uh, what you're currently leading through Enigma Ventures. So congratulations on that, not only on another venture, but more importantly for uh, taking on something that's a pretty big challenge. Um, it's pioneering and it's uh, something that is very much needed, but it's uh, definitely going to be a big challenge to take on. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, despite a lot of talk going in the right direction, we still have to open our wallets and, and make it happen. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's, it'll, it'll be a huge challenge, but um, I'm, it's one I'm passionate about. It's one I'm, um, I believe the inequality issue um, in conjunction with um, climate change are maybe the two big issues of our time. Mm-hmm. And, and it, they're the two big issues that are, the world has been shouting at us about through the COVID-19 mm-hmm. uh, last group few months. You know, the climate challenge and the earth needed a break from us all traveling around the globe constantly and, and using as much power and as much energy. And, you know, we've seen wonderful stories of wildlife and restoration and mm-hmm. um, CO2 emissions being reduced because of our lack of um, emissions being created during this time. And, and of course, we've seen huge reactions um, to inequality mm-hmm. over the last few months also. And so uh, particularly around um, race. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, the, sort of those two big issues are my, are my driving force in my life and uh, our first successful business under canvas focused on trying to create sustainable ways to travel without destroying our earth. Mm -hmm. Um, Current focus is on leveling the playing field regarding inequality. That's incredible. Um, So a lot of folks um, in our community that listen to this show um, have been impacted by, um, you know, COVID obviously in terms of uh, employment stability or potentially even loss of employment and some that are 
in a questioning phase, if you will, where um, when you experience a crisis of this sort, it makes you wonder, well, what do I really stand for? What do I really want? Is the life I'm leading and the career I have in true alignment um, to what I want in my life? Is it congruent to my value? So there's a lot of questioning that is happening. Um, what guidance can you provide to someone that on one hand is in that questioning phase and maybe instinctively knows the right answer, but then there's some real concerns and challenges about how will I pay the bills? How do I take a risk? I have a family to feed. Um, I've got two little kids, things like that. Um, based on your own experiences and the uh, mentoring that you provided to other uh, women you know, entrepreneurs, what can you share about that? Well, it's funny you should mention that, that the same question, um, what do I want, has been a very pivotal question in my own life. And I think as women, we often don't even ask ourselves that question. Mm -hmm. So busy being subservient and serving others and caring for our families and raising our children and serving our partners or our wider communities or our wider families, we often forget to ask ourselves, what do I want? Mm -hmm. um, and I finally stopped, um, stopped myself and asked myself that question around the time I turned 40, which was three years ago, um, 43 now. And I seriously asked myself that question and I'm, I surprised myself um, by my own answers mm -hmm. and I, I realized I wanted to, to start a fund. I realized um, that in order to do that, we probably needed to sell some or all of our, our existing company and I wanted to invest in other women mm -hmm. and uh, I started to put some real hard and fast numbers around um, selling our company, which at the time seemed crazy. Mm -hmm. They seemed outlandish ideas. I, I not not I don't have a banking background. You know, I, you know, you you immediately get whacked with imposter syndrome mm -hmm. when you are, are really are answering those questions. You're saying, I really want this. I really want to sell my company for this number. I really want to do this. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy then to allow the, who are you to do that? <laughs> uh, come and slap you around the chops and keep you in your box. Um, but when we don't allow that to happen and we, when we don't stand back from the craziness of our own dreams mm -hmm. and we actually dare to say, that's what I want. And then to ask another question back from that, which is what would that take? Mm. That's the other pivotal question for me, that they go together. Um, because when you ask the second question, you actually start to find a pathway to making it happen. Mm. Then you say, well, I would need to do X, Y, and Z. Maybe if I'm going to sell my company, I need to hire an investment banker to help me do that. Mm -hmm. and, and let's see what happens if we do that. And let's see what work I would need to achieve or, or where we would need to get to in the business for that to happen, to get to my number. Or what would it really take to start a venture capital firm? 
all right, maybe I need to go to South Africa and start talking to other people who are doing the work that we're doing. What practical steps can I take to move the needle on my own dream? Mm -hmm. Because many, all of us can dream. The reality is not all of us take action towards mm. our dreams. Mm. Um, but, but that's what we've got to do if we're going to make things happen. We have to ask ourselves, what would it take? What, what are my next steps? How do I work backwards from the what do I want dream mm. and break it down into actionable steps so that we can actually do something about it? Yeah, that's uh, so well put because as soon as you get clarity on exactly what your North Star is, you know, it, it creates, it generates a level of momentum because now you know. And sometimes when that certainty is absolute, you can't help but take action. You, you want to move towards it, but it's really breaking down a big problem into something smaller that's achievable where you can start taking steps in that right direction. Absolutely. And it's then having the courage to own your own North Star dream, isn't it? Yes. And, and to, to start, you know, pursuing, pursuing the dream by taking steps towards mm -hmm. it and taking action to own it. Right. So, um, you know, you mentioned imposter syndrome and, you know, facing that when you sort of had a number in mind about what you would sell your business for, um, Tell us a little bit about that journey of um, selling your business and what that was, what you initially thought would feel like, what it ended up feeling like, and what you learned in that process. Yeah, I mean, I think when we when we decided this is this is what we wanted, it felt like it would be a very long way away. Um, when in the reality, it was that by partly even by owning what I wanted, I was able to pull that in closer mm. because I then realized what it would take and what we had to achieve to get there. And actually um, achieving it wasn't then that crazy. It wasn't then that, it wasn't mm. so far away. Um, and so that was really, really pivotal for me in realizing, gosh, it, this could be closer than I think. It's not mm. my year way out there sometime never right scenario it was actually i can make this i can get this done in two years 18 months if i really push uh, towards making that happen and that's what i did within 18 months of 18 months two years uh, of that decision it's about 20 months i think in total um we had sold the majority of our business uh, to a private equity company well, congratulations on that because that's uh, a rare feat in itself for a lot of uh, you know female founders that uh, a lot of businesses in general don't survive. Um, very few make it past you know uh, the you know million dollar stage, let alone getting to the size of your business, but then also having a successful exit certainly puts you in a rare minority uh, of women doing that. But then you're equally rare as now um, becoming a venture capitalist yourself. So what, once you discovered, you got that clarity that, yes, this is what I want to do. I want to build a fund. I'm assuming the next thing was, wow, there's a lot to know about this space that I don't know about. Um, how do you go from not knowing to now being in a position where it's real? 
yeah, I mean, again, um, it's again, it's like stepping out on a frozen lake, knowing that you might have some cracks and you have to learn as you go and you have to tread lightly, but that you can, if you walk carefully, you can, you can make it across and not being afraid to make that leap. Mm -hmm. And um, I have been privileged enough to meet since we embarked on this journey, some of the most incredible women, um, other investors, um, people who are also passionate about this space and just learning everything we can um, about being great investors. I mean, one of the, one of the, the, the challenges obviously of, of, having been on my own journey of raising money, when you've sat on the other side of the table, you know what it feels like to be an entrepreneur uh, with an investor coming to invest in your own business. Um, and some of those experiences of, of dealing with only white men mm-hmm. um, was very frustrating. Um, I've had some wonderful investors and some frustrating investors and everything in between. Mm-hmm. And um, it really has capitalized our own journey of the kind of investors we want to be, um, what equity should look like in a, in a partnership with an entrepreneur, and also understanding the, the, the journey of being with an entrepreneur and, uh, you know, as an investor and the, and the highs and lows of that experience. So that all, all of my own experiences and the new relationships that we're building are, are daily informing our own journey and we're learning day by day um, of, of operating in a new way and, and being in a new space. That's phenomenal. Um, you mentioned how, um, you know, women uh, entrepreneurs often struggle to get the funding. There's an element of perhaps systemic bias, uh, but there's also the part about women themselves preparing to um, build the kind of businesses that are fundable and then showing up as um, the kind of entrepreneurs people are excited to fund. Um, What are some of the you know, top three things you would call out to say, here's, here are the three things to think of. If you are a female founder, here are the things you want to make sure you show up as. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's, there's some very big knowledge gaps and some of that is just access to to information. And, Mm -hmm. and I remember the very empowering moment when um, somebody, she was also a female VC who was a friend told me what VCs look for. And just understanding the return profile that investors, different kinds of investors need was super empowering for me in terms of understanding how I needed to present my business. Mm. So um, number one, um, I would say understand how you could drive a return on an investment, an an ROI. Mm -hmm. And... um, understanding if you're putting capital to work in your business, if you've got a business and you're putting money to work in it, whether that's bank money or investor money, understand how are you going to get a return on it? How are you going to grow the business? What's that going to look like um, if somebody comes along alongside you? And, and that, um, I had no idea. And there are some very simple back of the napkin maths that we can do to present ourselves and, and show up. I think the other thing to note is, particularly for entrepreneurs, 
is that there's no one way to grow a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and getting your business funded is not necessarily a signal for success or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the defining signal for success uh, are your customers, ultimately, mm-hmm. and the exposure of um, your ability to, to drive sales, to drive impact through your business, and to build a loyal customer base. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's success, really, with driving a business um, in particular, um, and not how well-funded or not funded mm-hmm. that you are. Um, because businesses can, there are plenty of businesses and many women founded businesses who've been incredibly successful, who've mm-hmm. never raised a dime of venture capital, yeah. right. uh, but they've driven successful sales engines to grow their business um, and had incredible impact at the same time. Um, so Sarah, one of the things um, that would be helpful for our audience to understand, especially the dreamers out there that um, perhaps are thinking of a business that they want to launch or already have something going, you know, how does um, you know someone prepare themselves for approaching um, a venture capitalist and including your own firm? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, for us, we are specifically looking for businesses that can scale. I'm purely focused on investing in women, and um, there are many types of businesses out there some are designed to be uh, you are designed to be self-employed running a small business mm-hmm. others are designed to be small businesses that employ a handful of other people and other businesses are designed to grow exponentially and so um, we are looking at investing in the types of businesses that have the potential to grow exponentially and by that I mean they can start from nothing and and serve tens of thousands, if not millions of people through them. So, so first understand what kind of business do you want to build? Mm. Do you want to build a lifestyle business that you can work in for you and several other people? Do you want to work for yourself? Um, or do you want to build a business that potentially could become really, really big? Um, and if you want to build a business that has the potential to become really, really big, one of the, the founding principles that um, I had for myself, and I think women tend to shy away from thinking about, I should build a business that could be really, really big. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those of us who are maybe super ambitious go for it, but, but the majority maybe don't. But many women, the reality is many more women could and should build mm-hmm. businesses that could be really, really big, mm-hmm. and they don't. Um, and here's why do you think that is? Well, here's why I think we don't. Um, I think there has been a lack of role models of mm-hmm. women who do. So we've not been programmed enough to believe that we could and we should. Um, and so that's one thing. I think many women struggle also with the responsibilities of having families and raising children and doing something that is that demanding can Mm -hmm. be overwhelming. Um, So I think that that can be off-putting for women. And and I I think a lot of us have been led to believe um, despite, you know, the women's rights movement has been around for a long time. I, I, you know, I myself also struggled hugely with, 
what's best for raising children is for mum to be at home with them. Mm-hmm. I've got two boys who are now eight and 11. And if you can do the math, I started under canvas when I had a six month old baby. Oh. Um, <laughs> not necessarily the most ideal time to start a business but not when if not then when you know there's no really a good there's not really a good time to start a business ever Mm -hmm. um and particularly for women who also battle uh raising children and childcare and all those other issues that we have to contend with um but i we we can Mm -hmm. we you know, I realized very quickly for me that it was absolutely not going to be best for me or my son if I stayed home with him. <laughs> um, and what was actually best for him and for our family was if I was fulfilled and happy and pursuing my dreams and not sacrificing myself on the altar of trying to be a good mother. Mm-hmm. Um, when the reality is I am my, the best mother I can be when I'm being my best self. Yeah. which means um, fulfilling my dreams and purpose and using all the gifts that I have um, for the benefit of the others. Mm-hmm. But there's there's one thing that I think is maybe super helpful for other women thinking about the idea of building a bigger business. It's the idea that when you build a bigger business, you you have a potential, and here's the reason why I think you should build a bigger business. You have the you have a much bigger platform to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And for me, the driver wasn't wasn't money, although money can change a lot of things for a lot of people. But it it was about driving impact. Mm-hmm. And um, if if we want to change the world we live in, if we want the world to be a better place we have to stop waiting for someone else to make that happen. And we have to take our rightful place on the world stage, which means playing with the big boys. Mm-hmm. It means getting up every day and going to fight the battles that we need to fight. It means taking on building big businesses, raising our profiles. It means running for office. It mm-hmm. means, it means you know, not sacrificing yeah. uh, ourselves at the expense of our careers. So uh, I, I think the time is of the time where we have to say women need to take our place um, at high levels of leadership across the globe. You and I were chatting very briefly before this, this call just about how we've seen the success and failures of countries managing COVID. Mm-hmm. Women, women leaders have generally been managing the COVID battle better than better than, better than men, um, and so and women led, uh, you know, more women at the top, even in larger corporations, yield higher net margins for those businesses. And there's research that proves a lot of this. Um, but to your point, I think it's also women opting in to take on those bigger roles, bigger leadership opportunities, um, to build bigger scalable businesses, um, and overcoming the myth and the misperception that somehow bigger is more complex and unachievable, or it doesn't suit my lifestyle and, um, my maternal instincts, you know, that I, I would be a bad mother if I did that. And, um, as you and I have experienced firsthand that bigger businesses 
actually give you more leverage. Uh, you exactly. have management teams, you have better advisors, you have more capital to work with versus a small lifestyle business that is hanging by a thread, you know, all the time. Absolutely. And you you create choices for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, When we dream bigger, we create choices for ourselves and our families and our children um, that wouldn't have existed otherwise. And, and, And the stats show that those choices that women make also impact their communities. Wide, much wider communities. Um, so not just our own nuclear families, but our extended families are the communities from which we live and work um, and do business are impacted. And so that's why we are so passionate about encouraging women and trying to help create pathways for women to scale, to, to build scalable businesses. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we are very involved with not just deploying capital to women who can scale, but also helping women dream about scaling and creating the knowledge base and the support structures to enable help women to be able to think like that and dream. Mm-hmm. Um, when we take, uh, we take a cohort of women through our investor ready program every, every three to four months mm-hmm. and women are amazing because they come with incredible business ideas and I'm working with African women and African women, uh, all of Africa gets about 1% of the venture capital money that the US gets. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for the whole continent. So there's very little money being deployed in Africa. But what is true is that there is no shortage of talent. Mm -hmm. There is no shortage of great ideas. And there is no shortage of opportunity. But what there is shortage of is capital mm-hmm. and and people who are willing to take a risk and back them to drive the change that they are capable of driving. And it's amazing because the women we walk alongside um, very often sell themselves short mm-hmm. with how big they think their businesses can be and how big their dream can be. But it takes very little to help them see what they couldn't have seen without a little bit of input, allowed a little bit of knowledge, allowed a bit of um, this, this could work in your scenario, this, this tweak over here, this combination of uh, this idea, bringing this into what you're doing and just raising the ceiling because it's very hard to dream what you've got no conscious knowledge of. Mm-hmm. And, um, if you've never seen it, no, no one else has ever done it. Yeah. It's really hard to dream it. And so part of the joy of what we get to do is help people dream bigger than they can dream already um, and then support them to help make that happen. Um, and that's incredibly exciting because I, I believe the keys of the continent belong to many of these women. Um, and many may go on to either become the leaders of their nations or um, be having incredible economic impact um, on the nations from where they're from. That's incredible. And you're doing it um, in a place where um, it's truly palpable, the sense of what future innovation is possible in Africa and by mm. empowering these women and, and also building community because you're developing cohorts that are um, developing friendships and collaborations together. Um, the impact is exponential in that case. Yeah, that's what we're hoping for very much so. 
So um, how can um, someone, you know, first, how can someone help uh, what you're doing? Because what you're creating is so powerful and, uh, you know, can have such massive impact, not just throughout the continent, but really around the world and the change that's possible in society. Um, In what ways can someone help? That's a great question. Um, There's probably two things. Um, One is we need investors um, Mm -hmm. in our fund. So we are looking for uh, an army of of other women and allies who Mm -hmm. will help raise up um, an incredible army of women on the African continent uh, to fulfill their destiny and to help transform their nations. So um, if... If that mission appeals to you um, or your fund or your network, mm-hmm. um, we absolutely would love to chat about getting involved with us and um, investing in Enigma. And secondly, I would say we are always looking out for uh, incredible mentors and coaches mm-hmm. uh, for our women. Um, coaching is an incredibly powerful tool. Mm-hmm. Um, for helping women see what they can't see mm-hmm. um, and helping them move forward step by step. And so um, being able to connect some of our uh, high potential women with great coaches and mentors who they wouldn't necessarily be able to um, afford or lever, um, but just by having meaningful advisors, relationships, networks with with. Um, appropriate folks would also be an invaluable thing for us to be able to offer to them. That's fantastic because really what you're bringing to the table through Enigma is access, access to resources and access to relationships that, um, you know, anyone who's experienced success knows that ultimately it's that access becomes the um, tipping point that changes the game completely, even if it's access to knowledge that you didn't know before. Very much so. Knowledge, knowledge, knowledge is power. And when you have access to, to information that other people have and take it for granted, it's, it's like light bulb moments for many, many people. And, uh, you know, in this um, very digital era that we're living in, things are changing so fast um, that the knowledge you have becomes outdated pretty quickly. Even the skills you have become outdated quickly. Any technology or software you've built is outdated before you launch. So uh, the need to be a lifelong learner and an agile learner has never been higher. What advice would you give? Uh, what advice would you give to women around the world um, in terms of preparing themselves to be future ready leaders? where you're not relying and resting on your past laurels or your academic degree from five years or 10 years ago, but you're really looking forward and saying, this is how I can prepare myself to always be at the forefront. Well, I think fantastic podcasts like this are a really, really good start. So um, absorbing information, um, reading obsessively, getting connected with think thought leaders on particular subjects. And I think understanding your own area of desired growth or your own, um, whether it's personal or professional or business and just um, 
voraciously sort of hungering and thirsting after knowledge because mm-hmm. knowledge very much is power. So um, reading, yeah. I absolutely still love to just keep reading and learning and listening to people who were ahead on their journeys mm. um, and being connected with people who are, are ahead of you on their journey. That's, that's, that's always very exciting kind of relationships to have or, or networks to have just because you get to uh, ride on the coattails of others who were on great exciting journeys and learn from their mistakes and challenges and so that you can expedite your own journey. Mm-hmm. One of the things that um, I found to be uh, really transformative when I've changed my environment, um, being around people um, uh, that have achieved more or have uh, created bigger impact, um, it may not have changed my skills, but it certainly changed my vision. Because you start to think bigger, you start to see things differently. And even the challenges that might have stumped you once upon a time suddenly seem more solvable because they've solved it. And I think the power of being around uh, the right kind of people to always be ahead, that's the ultimate agility because you can master everything. There's just too much. I mean, we're going to be coexisting in a world with robots um, over the next decade, right? And, and, and it's the innately human skills that will actually differentiate um, us and give us all our power. And it's curiosity and creativity and compassion. I couldn't agree more. And, and that's why networks are so important and continuing to keep trying to expand your networks. Um, they're so vital for being able to, to keep ourselves fresh and agile and um, able to adjust because I, I think we're also going into a decade ahead where we're, we're going to have to adjust a lot. Mm-hmm. And if COVID has taught us anything over the last four or five months is that things are not quite as secure and stable and all under control as we would all like them to be. And I think we're going to experience many different waves mm-hmm. of challenge over the next decade. I think this, this will be a decade. Yes. And I feel incredibly optimistic that, that we will come out of this era of time stronger, better and on a different foundation um, but we're going to go through some very uncertain times to get there. That's going to challenge a lot about what we believe to be mm-hmm. foundational, you know, where our anchors are, mm-hmm. how the world works. Um, a lot of that is getting dismantled right now and uh, that will drive a lot of change. Um, and so voracious learning, openness, listening, being prepared for, um, different ways of thinking about things, being open-minded um, is, is a huge, it's going to be hugely valuable for our journey ahead. Yeah. And that certainty that is no longer possible externally. You know, I think this was a wake up call for a lot of people that sought certainty in their environment, you know, whether it was the security of the job or, you know, I work for a big company, I'm sure it's going to be okay no matter what, and or security and your qualifications. None of that, you know, COVID has really ripped the band-aid off of that. And what 
it has been a learning experience is that true certainty can only come from within. Um, and your um, own ability to believe in yourself, to believe in your resilience, your tenacity, your perseverance, um, even your passion and your mission is the ultimate certainty that any of us can ever have. And everything else is a work in progress. Um, so to that end, what is a daily practice for you that uh, as someone who has repeatedly broken barriers, I mean, you have time after time gone into new territories, uncertain territories, been a pioneer, achieved things that so few people um, not just women, but not even men have achieved what you have achieved. Uh, and you're continuing to do that. Um, what is something that grounds you every day? I have a very robust faith and I'm a meditator. Mm. And so my spirituality is incredibly important to me and, and does anchor me. Um, I couldn't have said better what you just said about uncertainty if I'd have tried. Um, but that sense of um, understanding yourself, mm -hmm. your own awareness, um, being mindful of your own self and, and your, therefore your impact, impact on others um, has been hugely grounding for me over the last few years. And also um, in terms of sort of framing my outlook as well, in terms of how I think about the world moving forward and myself moving forward in it. Um, and I have always lived with the mantra going back 20 odd years or so now, um, that the best way to live is to live by faith. And by that, I mean, you are always living in a place where the, you need the impossible to happen to move forward. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's, it's living beyond yourself, beyond barriers, beyond, uh, beyond what your resources are, your own capabilities are, and you're stretching yourself. And for me, that has been the most exhilarating journey, sometimes terrifying, um, but has launched me into a life of pioneering and not being afraid to go where others have not gone. Um, but to, it has anchored me in a sense of um, that uncertainty is the certainty, if you like, and that the only way to navigate that is to to live with a with a with a higher sense of um, purpose and mission, and and a belief that um, we all have a we all have a purpose and we all have a calling, and um, and that we have the possibility of making the world better. Mm -hmm. um, and so my, my daily practices um, revolve around meditation and prayer and, and allowing myself um, to live out uh, of my faith. Beautifully said. Well, thank you for sharing that. And uh, uh, that's a beautiful way to share the inspiration with everyone that's listening in. And uh, 
I'm so grateful that our paths cross. I'm grateful to EY for connecting us and being part of the same community. I've learned so much from you and others in that. Um, and I'm excited about what you're going to do to empower women entrepreneurs everywhere and more importantly, through them to create impact in their communities, in their countries and what that would do for society in general. So uh, congratulations on a big launch and uh, good luck on uh, achieving even higher um, standards around the world. So thank, thank you for being on the show. Thanks, Nikki. Thanks for listening. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com, where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources referenced in this episode. And be sure to take the quiz on the website. Your score will tell you where you are, what helps you gain momentum, and what holds you back. You'll also get a free guide with cutting-edge career strategies. We'd also love to hear from you. Share your comments and topic suggestions on IamBeyondBarriers.com and we'll be sure to address them in future episodes. If you enjoyed our show today, please subscribe and rate the podcast or just tell a friend about it. See you next episode.